This is episode 35 of Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. He's Randy Sherman. I'm Tony Miller. And on today's show, we're breaking down dribble handoff counters for your offense. Before we get going, a big thanks to our sponsors at 323 Sports. Basketball season is here. If there's anything that you need last minute, basketball scorebooks, anything, they've got a deal right now on sweatshirts as the weather gets colder. Your team will love those. Our team got some of those wearing those around right now. To find out more about what 323 Sports can do for your basketball program, visit 323sports.com, or you can contact a rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. Over the past several episodes, if you go back and listen and go back and watch those, you'll see that we've been talking about playing without play calls, and this is just building upon that concept. We're going to talk about dribble handoffs today and some of the counters that go along with those. These, Randy, again, in light of what we have been discussing, some yeah. great almost like wrinkles and then also some reads. Right. Um, your kind of thoughts about dribble handoffs and how teams maybe are using them now, and I think they're using them even more, I think, to create advantages. Yeah. I think one of the, the we went to continue with the theme of what we've been talking about the past couple of shows of playing without play calls is at, at any point in time in a possession, there's a player with a ball. If if we want to generate an advantage, I, I can play with another teammate, meaning I can dribble at them. I like, like no, the defense can't stop me from doing that. Like I, I, there's, there's like, if, if we get off script with our player or offense or something like that, and I've got the ball instead of panicking, instead of, you know, uh, back it out and reset it or something like that. I can immediately turn and play with a play with another teammate. And, and what, what I mean by play with them would be would be to initiate that that handoff exchange in, by dribbling at them. Um, and what we're going to talk about today might be some ways of like, hey, I just want to just play with t- this, this my teammate. And how can we turn that? that into uh, maybe an easy shot or penetration or something like that. I've had some of my players turn around when, when the advantage is gone neutral mm-hmm. and they basically will, like you said, take two dribbles and pull it out, which almost resets the defense even more. <laughs> right. Or when I say, no, we can't do that. Their next question is, well, what do I do next? And very simply, you can dribble handoff at somebody. Just play with a teammate, yeah. Yeah, playing next with a guy next to you. And uh, some of the small-sided games that I've been posting even has had some of these ideas with it. Then the next question is, so what mm-hmm. if the defense switches? Well, as you'll see today, there are some counters that you can have to those options that basically yeah. um, do not void your dribble handoff, which obviously – the thought process is they'll just neutralize that. And now I'm stuck where I was before. This wasn't very helpful. So these are some reads that you can build sure. into those. Let me go ahead and pull these up for people that are watching. Yeah. You got, you've got Jokic up there. Who's the the dribble handoff wizard. Yeah. I think that's a good choice for the featured image. It, it seems like that's, that's a real weapon in his game and in, in the Denver offense is just playing that two man game with, with one another. Picture two can illustrate, I mean, the spacing on how it should look like, what it should look like when it, when the receiver receives the ball. There's a lot of great stuff just in that picture there. Yeah. First action here, uh, running off the back cut with it. Yeah, so here one is choosing to play with two. You know, I would, I would take a, a moment here to kind of maybe draw a distinction between what I would call a dribble at and a dribble handoff. You know, a dribble handoff may be as simple as, hey, I've got the ball. I want you to have it. And there's no reason to real overcoach that and get into the weeds about that. I'm just going to flip it to you and you're going to take it and, and you take it from there. Right. You know, uh, but but if I'm talking about playing with a teammate, I might be more 
referring to what I would call a dribble act, where as you see in frame one, or I'm sorry, on, on the in the frame on the screen, player one is dribbling at the 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 defender at X2. And we're trying to get a read on how that is being played by, by the pink team on defense here. If, if I dribble at that defender, not my teammate, but at that defender, now I'm trying to assess is he going to sort of kind of kind of suck up to the man and go over that or is he going to try to go under it or am I going to be able to sort of like hand it off and get a piece of him almost like a pseudo ball screen right Mm -hmm. so so dribble at that defender to sort of initiate the cues that I need to make a read ergo a decision right so so here what we see on a simple back cut option would be one dribbles at x2 not player two but at x2 X2 decides to kind of get up and try to disrupt or dirty the handoff, right? And and two, as he's coming to accept it, instead of fighting the defense, just sticks his foot in the ground and we get a dribble at back door. We talked about Princeton the past couple of um, of uh, episodes, touched on that. This is a classic example of, of, of like in that offense, the dribble at is sort of like the backbone, right? That's the that's the that's the bread and butter, if you will. So dribble at at the defender and then get a read on whether you think they go under or over. And here, here you're going to see them try to go over and combat with a back. Yeah, here's Northern Iowa handoff. Yeah, and you see that defender really kind of jump up there and, 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 and try to disrupt that handoff, the guy coming out of the corner when the ball comes toward us. And the guy just sticks his foot in the ground. And, and, and had he stayed low and stayed flat and stayed under, the guy would have accepted and come over the hand and taken the ball. Back cuts are great for second cutters. So the first guy there on the wing cuts through. We yeah. call that the second cutter. Yep. And with that momentum of sprinting up the lane, you can usually get a back cut off of that second cutter. So first yep. cutter goes through, second cutter goes through. Defenders, the, it's usually the lowest man who's giving help. And because mm-hmm. it's the first cutter's defender, he's too busy. He's occupied with that first cutter. There's no help defense there. Yeah. You end up with a dunk at the rim. So let me ask you a question. When you teach this to your guys, are you repping the back cut first or what are you teaching the, the, the recipient of the handoff to look at the the guy who dunked it right there? Yeah. The recipient, like what's his, what's his kind of like, what's he trying to, to, to determine? Yeah. So that's a great question. And a teaching point that I think, I think it, a lot of coaches think that should be obvious. Um, He should, his eyes should be looking at his defender. Mm -hmm. And so if he gets higher, especially if he gets higher than the level of the ball that yeah. he is immediately cutting back door. I know some talk about read and react. will say if he's crossed the three point line, most defenders aren't going to get that out of position, but if you can get his momentum and him even with or above, you see he's above the mm-hmm. level of the ball yeah. there, then it's immediate back cut for a score. Yeah. Most, most teams will run this just as like a set. And so if it's not there, they just like, Oh, well, and they just say run and through and then side, set it back yeah. up again. Yeah. But this is a, <laughs> this is a great decision-making um, you can do this in a like a two-man individual workout. Yesterday I was doing something very similar to this, but you as the coach can be that guy that's guarding the corner man, mm-hmm. and you can force him. You know, sometimes you jump high and he back cuts it. Yeah, stay low. Read. Yep, stay low, and he has to come accept the dribble handoff. So there are some very easy ways to rep this as a decision-making drill rather than just a, a play that you run. And like I said, if it's not there, well, we just run another play. Yeah. Uh, goes to our playing without play calls and the flow offense that you want to create in the half court. 
another another subtle thing I, I would point out in this clip that I've already touched on is you see the deliverer of the handoff, the guy who who ends up throwing the 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 backdoor bounce pass. He's not dribbling like sort of like trampling the arc at his teammate. He's dribbling at that defender to sort of put them in that bind. Like you said, if the guy gets too far up the line as I'm dribbling that, and that's easy read, bam, stick your foot in the ground and let's go. Sometimes it'll freeze the defender too. So yeah, he he'll yeah, he'll just like, uh, what, what should I take? Ball? Should I take my man? Yeah. Which gives you the half step, which we call an advantage, which should give you a, a layup at the front of the rim. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. I think, I think it's important though, like that, that almost like a quarterback and a receiver, if you will, get that chemistry of like, am I seeing what you're seeing? Am I, am I, you know, like, mm-hmm. so work on that, like risk, like, like that rhythm mm-hmm. and that chemistry of, of, of connecting with one another non-verbally. And, and I'm seeing the same thing. We don't want a guy cutting back door and I think you're coming over the top or vice versa. And uh, you know, you see that sometimes, with teams who maybe are, are new to that it's like miscommunication right yeah. yeah that's where we get the old never fake backdoor thing which yeah, i'm fine yeah. with but i would rather them be looking and reading their defender rather than mm-hmm. following a rule of never faking backdoor yeah all right next one here faking the dribble handoff yeah so like another example here of that that connection i just spoke of between the deliverer and the recipient would be as I, if I'm the deliverer and I'm dribbling at X2 and I feel like that that this isn't going to go cleanly, like the handoff isn't going to be clean. And like if the guy's coming over the top, I just don't like that X2 is kind of right there. I feel like it might get deflected or blown up somehow. Fake dribble handoff. It might be something that I didn't really like get the ball and think, OK, I'm going to fake this dribble handoff. I'm reading this. I'm, I don't know as I'm dribbling at X2 but I don't like it. I just don't like it. So I keep it. I I would say here on this, this diagram too, it's important for the deliverer player one to kind of ask himself or herself the question, like who can turn the corner, which one of us two can, can turn the corner. It sometimes it might be, it might be player two. If, if X two is not so tight, like just right on their hip, like these arrows are basically right together but he was lagging or she was lagging a little bit behind, but was still kind of like trailing, right? Then then two can turn the corners and I can deliver it cleanly. So go ahead and deliver it. But if I'm dribbling at and I don't like it and I feel like I've got shoulder on chest with my guy and I'm the player who can turn the, turn the corner, we can just abort it, abort the handoff and, and turn it into uh, what looks like a fake handoff. I don't know that Olenek here thinks, okay, I'm going to fake this. He just begins it and just doesn't like it, right? It just doesn't look like it's going to go cleanly because of the attachment of that defender on the on the recipient. So he's like, "No, nah, this isn't. This isn't. I'm not giving it to him. Like this feels like it could get blown up." So he just keeps it shoulder on chest. Now, what I would ask of you would be, "Okay, I keep it shoulder on chest, but I can't get home and lay it up like this. Then what?" We will go to then the Barkley, which is the transfer of the right dribble to the left hand on the spin so that your butt is now to the baseline and then you're starting to back the player down. So typically yeah, turn it into a post up. Yeah. Typically yeah. it's going to be what we post our guards too, but in this mm-hmm. case, you know, I know most Princeton and uh, five out teams, this is going to be their big man. So you immediately have just a post up that they're used to turn around, start backing a guy down. You can make a play for yourself or yeah. you can, whatever your team's philosophy is there on the perimeter. If it's just, 
you know, move to an open window mm -hmm. or go split cut out of it or whatever it is, but it's just a normal post up there on the, on the strong yeah. side of the floor. I think the critical question is who can turn the corner, me or him, if I'm yeah. the deliverer, like, is it, is it me or him? Because we, right. we want to create penetration out of the handoffs and like, I really don't care who does it. Right. Like if it, we just want it to happen. So if, if I feel like I can do it, then I'll keep it. And, and another good teaching point I think would be, you've got to assess whether the deliver, the delivery of the handoff will, you know, can be, is, is in danger of being disrupted or deflected or blown up somehow. And I think that goes to the point too, of this is not a play. Yeah. Because then sometimes your play will work and sometimes it won't just by chance of how the defense is playing. But the onus is on both players to read their man to make the right decision. And we will drill this a lot. This is, again, something that you can run with just four players. You can mm -hmm. run this, eliminate the trips on the other side of the floor there and just play small side of game, six-minute segment on the clock, play 2v2, read the defender, have the defender either – do different things or just based off personnel they may be forced to do different things they're not as fast they're not as big there's not as yeah. whatever and then just play your two-man game on that side of the floor there in a rep that takes probably nine seconds to go through mm -hmm. third one here the curl and dump yeah i first started seeing this a long time ago with duncan and ginobili i i thought that um they they had a good connection obviously played together for a lot of years both very cerebral players who who kind of see the game and 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 i saw it enough to where i was like yeah that's 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 being taught or that's that's intentional they're they're you know that's not just sort of like happening right like um so the two the two diagrams are two different scenarios in in frame one would be a dribble i dribble at like i'm dribbling at x2 the player is tightly trailed, but maybe that trail position is, is he has an advantage and I can throw and I can just curl around the dribbler and I can and I can lead him with the pass to the basket. Pretty tough to execute there in player in, in frame one. Uh, might be better to just abort that and turn it into a, what we looked at before and fake handoff. But again, if if X if two feels like he can turn the corner and get penetration by, by continuing on that run, that curl around the dribbler, if you will. And we can dump it over the top. We're, we're, we're home free for a layup or if maybe the guy in the corner kicks out and we play to the corner or something like that. So the second frame is the one where I see this be a little bit more effective, but it's not a dribble handoff. It's more what I would call a throw and go. I think some coaches now are calling it get action where I throw it and then go get it back. Um, I, I call it a throw and go where player one throws it to two and then goes immediately to take it back. Um and again, he's trailed. So almost like if we were trailed on a down screen, an off ball down screen or something, we would curl that. But like I, I, I threw it, I tried to outrun my pass and I, and I got a step on the defender and I, and I'm, and, but the guy didn't, I mean, he's close enough to where the, 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 the deliverer, when he puts it on the platter for me to take, it felt like, oh, it's disrupted. What you used to see Tim Duncan do, he'd hold it out to the side like this. And if he didn't like it, he'd bring it back up over his head and throw it and face the basket and just dump it over the top to Ginobili, who still had that step, step and a half advantage. And, and he would dump it over the top for the layup. So curl and dump. Yeah, here's Northern Iowa again. This is the throw and go variety of frame two to where you see um, A.J. Green throw it. The guy, and the guy does just like Tim Duncan. He held it and didn't like it. Oh, this is going to get taken or slapped. So he puts it over his head, faces the basket. 
and the guy just breaks off that and curl curls it around and we dump it over the top. You could typically create your own advantage if you're the guy that's throwing it by rubbing close enough that your defender has to bump into yeah. the guy with the ball. Hip to hip, yeah. And 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 go yeah, go hip to hip, leave no space. And then and then what you sometimes see again, not to get too far off topic, but would be like if X1 if I've got it on a platter, you threw it to me and you're going to come take it back. I've got it on a platter and your defender goes under. I'll hand it to you and then twist right into a ball screen and we're in middle pick and roll. Uh, yeah, that's another option that's not diagram there. But it's, again, it's just sort of playing with one another and like, hey, here, you got it. Okay, this, then that, and then screen. Okay, you know, it's like we're, we, can, we can sort of like without calls or without this being scripted, just just use the use the two man game to our advantage. I could see this easily then turning into a back cut. If he doesn't have it, then that guy keeps cutting all the way through, and then the guy that you see down in the bottom left hand corner takes a couple steps, hard sprints up towards the ball, and then mm-hmm. back cuts, and you have a play right out of that. Yeah, or if like you throw it to the guy at the top of the circle, the center doesn't like it and picks it, you know, takes it away, so you can't take it, and he just immediately dribbles at the next guy in front of him, and we mm-hmm. play we play the dribble handoff game there, or we go back cut. Here, they, he'll, here he would be dribbling toward a two side. The top guy can back cut, and we could get into you know that that back cut, blast cut guy coming out of the corner, which you call the second cutter. You know, you could, you know, just keep just keep playing next, 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 next. All right, last one. We're gonna kind of go next level here. This one you yeah. typically see just NBA, but if your team has mastered those others reads, then maybe this could be one that you implement. This is nasty. This is, this is nasty. And, you know, sort of like, um, yeah, next level. I think this, I think the example we're going to see is from the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I I've seen this called a wrap DHO where, where, where the DHO sort of overplayed or the defender of the recipient tries to disrupt it and really attaches to that recipient um, the center or the usually a big man in this clips. It's it's I think it is a, uh, one of their 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 bigs is dribbling at the defender and he keeps his dribble and the guy just comes back and takes it on the other side. Probably best just to look at the video. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of you know out there. So yeah, you can see there he keeps his dribble and um, as he as he dribbles at the as he dribbles at the the recipient. The guy, the the defender, kind of attaches to him, and 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 he keeps his dribble, and he sticks his foot in the ground and goes back the other way. Yeah, just let it play, uh, and and maybe you can see it better than I can explain it. But you know, sort of like a, there's slow mo version. That's good. So see, he 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 goes in the other side, and we wrap around and give it back to the other, go in the other direction. As with all of these, just the case of your big man being the guy to make the right read and to read both his man and then also the person that you're dribbling towards and then set the appropriate screen or make the appropriate pass out of it. Yeah. And if, you know, if I were a trainer, like one of the guys who works individually with players and I, and I had a client who was a big, right. I, I would be looking at the way the game is played now and the, and the, and what is asked of bigs and be like, I think there's a market out there for someone to be a big man trainer mm-hmm. who's not going to go like, okay, we're going to do post moves and, bang bang drops and drop step because like what what next level bigs are being asked to do now are deliver handoffs flip flip screens uh be trigger man at the top of the key in a five out offense you know like that's what the modern big skills are like look at the game and 
and and and look look what's being coached and get get ahead of that. It's like, yeah, like if if a big if a if a tall kid, let's let's you know, who's a skilled tall player, you know, that's one skill they probably are gonna have to master to play in the next level offense is being the trigger man in DHOs. What you're seeing a lot of these five out offenses, whatever version you're running, when people say or when when coaches, especially traditional coaches, don't like the fact that post players are true post players anymore. They think that the that must mean that they just play on the perimeter and act like every other guard. And what you say said, the skill set, if you look at these offenses, is not for a big man just to run around the perimeter as if he's a guard. No. There there is a very unique skill set that I think the, the post players can buy into and have fun doing because it is unique, different than the other guys. And they almost, especially if you're five out, the, the offense kind of a lot of times runs through you. Yeah. And you can get a big guy to then go rebound, you know, play more in your pick and roll. They don't want to just hang out in the post, get the ball sometimes, and then every now and then be called upon to come set a screen. But if you're doing these DHOs and throw and goes with your big guy, you can get a big guy to really buy into that. And I do mm-hmm. feel like it fits that more mobile big man that's being discussed and looked at with your Evan Mobley's and yeah. Draymond Green's and that kind of thing in today's game. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that, that the evolution of the game would, would, would say that like, it's, it's asinine to say that, that, Oh, it's a, it's, there's, there's no home. There's no room for a big player now. It's basketball. It's a 10 foot rim. I want the tallest guys I can find. Right. Like that's, that's that's not going to go away, but 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 there is a subset of skills out there that bigs need now. That like if it, I think that's a maybe that maybe that's my next career. I'll, I'll be a big man trainer, modern big man trainer, and uh, to to sort of like okay, here's here's modern offenses and what is asked of a big right now. You don't have those skills. Let's work on them. It's a subset of skills like screening angles when you're in the ball screen. Like when to roll, when to short roll, when to roll all the way to the rim. When I get a catch on a roll, how to then distribute if that catch causes a collapse and all those things. And to wrap it back up with what we talked about in the trigger man and the DHO, man, that's almost all you see mm-hmm. in, in modern offenses is the five out uh, or the big man sort of playing the two man game or having to having to deliver the handoff in like Chicago action or something like that. Like that, that's a, that's, I got to at least be able to do that right and left-handed, you know, and, and be able to, to do that. Hopefully that gives you some ideas, coaches, maybe even some workout ideas for working with your big men, getting them involved and in, in using them with their unique skill sets and sizes to do more than just Jack threes, which I think is probably what most of them think uh, playing on the perimeter in the modern game looks like what you saw today. All of this is on fast model sports. If you go to their website, click on blogs and search dribble handoff counters randy has an article there you can go back and watch the video there as well embedded will be from his radius athletics youtube page Mm -hmm. this entire video interview along with the diagrams but all of that is there you can go back and watch the videos would be great for you to pull out and show your team individually or you know copy and insert a diagram something that we just talked about into one of your presentations we're doing a lot that a lot of that right now here at the beginning of the season. It's been very helpful. Before we wrap things up, do want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Sideline Interactive. If you're interested in improving the look of your gym, 
could also be something that you're wanting to increase revenue for your sports program. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer in scoring tables and display boards around the country. To find out more about what Sideline Interactive can do for your program, visit sidelineinteractive.com. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week. As I mentioned before, if you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and watch the full episode on the Radius Athletics YouTube page, or you can listen to the audio version by searching a quick timeout podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week on Hoops Form.